Welcome to episode number 218 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we are looking at Season 9, Episode 15, Jump the Shark. So this is a rather significant episode in the back half of Season 9, in that this is the episode that wraps up the dangling plot threads from the Lone Gunman story. We end up in a few locations, starting in the Bahamas, with Morris Fletcher and a woman in a bikini out on a speedboat in the Bermuda Triangle when they are attacked and Morris escapes with his life. He asks for Doggett and Reyes, and it does sort of showcase the differences between Doggett and Reyes and Mulder and Scully in that he talks about working at Groom Lake, Nevada, and gets blank looks from the two of them. They're not interested in Area 51, as Doggett and Reyes are giving up on him and walking out, he yells out super soldiers, which gets their attention back. And he puts them on the track of a particular super soldier, one that he says is the woman that they know as Eve Adele Harlow, which is what get the lone gunman involved. Now we have seen in the past that the lone gunmen have been kind of short on funds. Their headquarters is pretty much gutted. There's very little left. When Kimmy the Geek is called in to help them, he complains about how old and archaic the equipment is, reveals that they haven't published in months, and when Jimmy eventually catches up with them, we learn that the gunmen spent every dime they had trying to get Eva Del Harlow back after Morris Fletcher kidnapped her. They are not on board with Morris or willing to trust him in any way, shape, or form. As the investigation ensues, we of course learn that Morris Fletcher has been lying and set the whole thing up, because that's what he does, and that Del Harlow is not, in fact, a super soldier. We learn that, yes, she did kill a man, as suspected early on in the episode, because he was ready to give his life to release a biological weapon that she destroyed, and he was hiding it inside his body, wrapped in shark cartilage. And there's someone else out there. So they take great pains and go to great lengths to find this other guy. They track him down. They get him sealed a few hours before this bacteriological agent is supposed to be out there and find that he's clean. And it's Morris Fletcher who recognizes it as the con job relating it to three-card Monty, where they made tracking this guy so hard specifically to draw their attention. And as a matter of fact... They should be looking for someone who's easy to find and is just out in the open. And in fact, we find that person. He is the commonly named John Gilnitz. Again, that's a name used in episodes written by John Scheiben, Vince Gilligan, and Frank Spotnitz. The combination of their three names. He is the last of them. And while they do find him before the bacteriological agent is released into the world... It is just before. And Frohaki Langley and Byers track him down in the hallway. He says, yeah, what are you going to do? We've got 90 seconds before this gets out. Frohaki talks to the others. They give permission. Just, you know, how far are we going to go? Whatever it takes. And he pulls the fire alarm, sealing them in an airtight chamber, along with the guy who's got the virulent agent. And Jimmy and Eve catch up with them after they've been sealed in. And Jimmy tries breaking them out, but Eve is the one that says, no, the virus is already airborne, it's airtight, leave them alone. And 
We cut from there to a cemetery in Arlington that was arranged by Skinner for the lone gunman. So their story is wrapped up with a noble sacrifice. This episode originally aired April 21st, 2002, and it has an IMDb user score of 7.5 out of 10. And it is something of a contested ending, even amongst the production crew. Of the three writers, two of them agreed this is the way to go. Vince Gilligan was the one saying, no, they should survive. Bruce Harwood, who played Byers, was the one that said, no, it was the right choice. And the way the writers phrased it, you either walk away with your hobo bags or you give your lives as heroes. So he does support the decision to kill off these characters, which is a decision that, I don't know, perhaps had they not just learned that the series was going to be canceled, they might have kept going. Had they thought there was going to be an immediate season 10, I can't help but wonder if the gunmen would have survived this episode to come back later and then given their lives in a later episode. It's hard to say. I'm not in the writer's room. I don't know which way they would have gone. But in any event, I do like the fact that if you had to kill them, these guys were aware of what was going on and they did it basically to save millions of other lives. That is completely in character because these guys have been shown, especially in their own series, to fight the good fight and be willing to give it up. In the early episodes of their own series, it was more buyers pushing the rest, but by the time it was done, that's where they all were. And some of that is probably because Jimmy just accepted it wholly, and that's what he accepted with them. In terms of the production crew, this is the fourth and final episode of The X-Files, directed by Cliff Bull. He would go on to direct one episode of Supernatural in 2007, and then he passed away in 2014. We have discussed his work before. Now Vince Gilligan has writing credit on 30 episodes of The X-Files. This is number 29, so he does just have one more coming. Similarly, Scheiben has credits on 46 episodes of The X-Files. This is number 45, so he also has one more coming, but it's not the same one as Vince Gilligan. And Frank Spotnitz has 48 episodes of The X-Files to his name, this is 47. So while this is his last full script, he did work out the story for one more episode that we have coming. So these three gentlemen are all nearing the end of their contributions to the series. Now in terms of the guest cast, we do get Mitch Pileggi back as Walter Skinner. He's got a number of appearances ahead of him. Obviously, this is the last time we would expect to see Froheki, Langley, and Byers, or Bruce Harwood as Byers. He actually will appear in two more episodes by the time we get to the end of season 11. Tom Braidwood also has 40 appearances as Froheki. This is number 38. Dean Hagland has 37 appearances as Langley. This is number 34. So they do have appearances, but... What I won't reveal at this time is whether those upcoming appearances are flashbacks or not, just in case you're not already familiar with the series. So this is Michael McKean's fifth and final appearance as Morris Fletcher, four on The X-Files, and one in The Lone Gunman. Now, we've discussed his career before. He is, of course, best known for his work in Laverne and Shirley to a lot of people. 
Now, that said, remember, Laverne and Shirley is a spinoff of Happy Days, and it was an episode of Happy Days that actually inspired the phrase, jump the shark, as a cliche for the moment when a previously good series just went off the rails and was unrecovered and was never the same again, after Hollywood Part 3 in Happy Days, where Fonzie took place in a water skiing competition out there on the ocean, still in his leather jacket, and literally water skis and up a ramp and jumps a shark. That was considered the turning point, mostly in retrospect. Even when people were making the episode, they were like, no, this is going to be good. It's in the tone of the show. So Michael McKean is the one here who's got the most direct connection. At the time this episode was made in 2002, there was a frequent internet activity when people would identify the Jump the Shark episodes of various series. And Chris Carter decided to go with this name, knowing the series was going to wrap up, saying... Yeah, let's just give them this pointer and sort of rub their nose in it for the people who are trying to come up with ways to explain this. Now, this is Stephen Snedden's final appearance as Jimmy Bond. It's his only X-Files appearance, although as we know, he did play this part in 12 episodes of the X-Files as well. Or, sorry, 12 episodes of The Lone Gunman as well. Zuleika Robinson makes her final appearance as Eva Del Harlow, or Lois Rents as we learn her real name is in this series. Jim Fife makes his last appearance as Kimmy the Geek. He previously appeared as Jimmy the Geek, his twin brother in Three of a Kind, and then three episodes of The X-Files, or three episodes of The Lone Gunman. I apologize, I keep doing that. So this is his final appearance in any of the X-Files-related series. Now, Marcus Giamatti plays John Gilnitz here. This is his first work for 1013. He is best known for his work in Necessary Roughness, Flying Blind, Judging Amy, and The Chosen One. He's got 66 acting credits to his name, and the most recent is from 2020. And since this is recorded in July 2020, I think it's safe to say he is still working today. John Prosky plays the medical examiner. This is his only work on The X-Files. He's got 154 acting credits to his name, also appears to still be working today. He is best known for his work as David Finch on True Blood, as well as roles in Scandal, Straight Outta Compton, and Bowfinger. Timothy Landfeld plays his second part on The X-Files. We previously discussed his career when he played a scientist slash cobra in the episode On a Me. Here he plays Professor Douglas Houghton in his final X-Files appearance. And lastly, Michael Craven-Wells makes his only appearance in the X-Files as Leonard Southall. This is one of only three credits he has on the IMDb. He previously appeared as Dr. Porter in a short film, Resculpting Venus. And then in 2003, he was in a short called Foreign Body, although his character's name is not listed on the IMDb. So if he is still working today, it is most likely in a forum such as working on the stage, which the IMDb does not track. So that is all we have to say about Jump the Shark. Join us again in two weeks' time when we discuss William. Thank you for listening.